Well, it was another night, another four goals shipped, another three points dropped, and another loss for the black and red, uh, this time in New York City against NYCFC. Uh, a couple technical difficulties to start the show tonight, so we appreciate if you're still with us. And uh, is, is Coach Olsen at the podium at the moment? Not yet. Not yet. All right, so we're waiting for Coach Olsen to join us here in just a few moments. Uh, and, and we do expect also to hear from Russell Canals tonight, as I believe he was the one wearing the captain's armband. Uh, but thanks for bearing with us here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast <laughs> presented by Heineken. John Lee joined uh, by Sam Kastner, Joshua Morgan, and uh, and Michael Black is back. And like you said in, in, in the first cut. <laughs> yeah, th- this is not my fault. I, I missed the last game. We shipped four goals. We scored this time. Clearly, we do better when I'm here. So you're, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> We're getting there, you know. Maybe four more goals, and and we'll be we'll be in position to get some points. Hey, and a first half goal. So yeah, it's it's the little things. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear what what coach has to say. Obviously, a, a bit of a traumatic night tonight with a with a positive test coming out just hours before the game. Uh, that player, it sounds like, didn't make the trip. Uh, the Which makes me think it wasn't just hours before the game. I mean, it was potentially earlier today, but for yeah. him not to have made the trip, like we would have known of that a little bit earlier on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the team hung back a little bit at the hotel to get all their tests back negative again, which did happen. And then they went ahead and played the game. Yeah, uh, which mean, happened. And really, that's the way the system is supposed to work, right? Yeah, they went through the process. Uh, looks like Ben's about to get started here, but they went through the process. They had the positive test and they were ready to go. So, uh you know, I guess kudos to the process for still making this game happen. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and send it over uh, to Coltrose some live now. No, I am. All right, thanks, man. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Hey, Ben, I'm sure it was a very difficult day. Um, could you describe the last, um, I guess, 12 to 18 hours or so? Well, it was... It was you know, late night phone calls and, and then uh, a lot of discussions with the league and, and, and uh, ownership and, and uh, about how this, you know, what, what was going to go, uh, or how we were going to go about, you know, whether we were going to play the game or, or not play the game or travel or not travel or bring some people with contact tracing, keep them home. It was a, it was a, a long day. Um, and, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, again, the staff can handle that stuff, but players that, that wears on players. And, uh, I, I you know, I, I give our guys a lot of credit, um, for giving everything. And, you know, that part I, I can, I was proud of tonight that they worked their tails off the subs came in and, and gave a spark and, and, uh, worked extremely hard, uh, but it wasn't enough against a good team. And I, I think you could see us wear down a little bit in the second half. The uh, first half went for the most part, ac- according to plan and uh, um, got the goal back after what I thought was a soft penalty early. I, I haven't looked at it again, but I, I, I think that's pretty soft for, especially early in the game to call that. Um, and uh, I didn't think he had a particularly good night. Uh, so uh, yeah, guys worked really hard. It's it's tough to give up that many goals. It's it's deflating. Uh, but again, I, I'd be uh, I don't want to make excuses on the day. But it was uh, the guys certainly had a had a tough day. 
Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Pablo. Pablo, you're up. Hey, Ben. Um, I'm curious if there's any part of you that felt that it was a risky proposition uh, to travel, given the fact that um, you guys were still waiting on some test results, really, up until the very last minute. Um, you left your hotel. Did, did did it give you pause at all, just the idea yeah. of traveling? Yep. Yes. Yeah, we're we're put into a lot of situations that give us pause, and you know whether it's MLS is back, uh, whether it's you know sharing uh, a locker room uh, every day and, and hot tubs and you know uh, trainers are you know hands on with our players. I mean, we're constantly put in these situations and. <clears throat> we were supported with a lot of testing and, and we uh, tried to do our best outside of um, uh, the, the soccer arena that we're in that is usually pretty controlled again, mostly because of the testing and, and we do a good job of, uh, of making sure it's sanitized and we have uh, the luxury of cleaners coming in all the time and uh, sterilizing things. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of situations uh, throughout this uh, process that are, are new and, and give us pause. Uh, but you, you, you keep pushing forward and, and hoping that, you know, you're, you're not that team that gets two, three, four, and, and it starts to spread. Uh, and so far to, to our credit and, and, you know, I, I think overall the league's credit, uh, it's been, it's been pretty good and it's been controlled. And I know Colorado is having some issues. Uh, but it's not going to get any better here. And, and, you know, I think we have to be more, even more diligent outside of uh, our facility uh, because uh, it's, it's creeping back in and, and we can see it and you can feel it uh, in the country and, and, and in DC. And uh, we just got to uh, keep being diligent with it. Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, ben, thanks for talking to us. Um, you know, like you said before, the first half went according to plan, um, and the second half, uh, it seemed maybe some some fatigue creeped in. Was there anything else? Was it changes from NYCFC to get that um, right wing overload in particular going? Well, they 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 had a good bit of overloading in the first half on that right side. Um, I, I'll tell you what, the the, the home kid is a uh, I think the best right back in this league, and um, you know, he really uh, is a handful, whether it's his passing, whether it's his combining, whether it's his willingness to uh, get into that postage stamp and, and service. Um, he caused us fits all night long. We, we, we figured he would, um, but we thought we could, you know, again, with the three back and, and then <clears throat> Fisher getting out to him a little bit more and putting some more numbers over there that we could um, hold that. And, you know, it's it's a hard thing to do. Listen, they're 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 a quality team. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to take anything with, with some of the excuses that I'm throwing at you with the day. I'm not taking anything away from that team. They're missing some key players, but uh, the way they um, uh, th there's a lot of men on that field that understand the game. They adapt really well. When you throw something at them, <clears throat> they're uh, uh, able to adapt. Uh, you switch it up and, and they're able to adapt again. They've got good soccer players that are mature. And um, so 
I, I, to answer your question, I don't know if they, I don't think they really did that much different other than um, continue that overload. And I think as the game goes on, those overloads wear you down. And I think that was the, the case, Jason. Thanks, Ben. No more questions. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Well, late night phone calls and COVID dominating the the headlines there from from Coach Olson's press conference. He mentioned that you know last night between the league and ownership, it was a late night determined whether they were going to make the trip uh, to today or not. And and when it came to the game, you know there there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to be said. He gave a lot of credit to to a deep New York City FC team. I mean, what are you gonna? say right like it's it's the same old I thought we played a lot better today than we did against Atlanta but we still got scored on four times like two of them were PKs one of them maybe soft but I mean yeah what what else are you gonna ask right and you know I don't think Benton was making excuses by saying you know that it was a, a tough day and a tough you know series of events it's something that you're not used to dealing with as a as a coach and as a organization trying to figure out if you're going to fly when you're flying day of, like I, I think all of those things certainly made things more difficult, but he certainly wasn't saying that the reason we shipped four goals today was because we weren't sure whether we were going to play the game until roughly an hour before game time. Uh, clearly we didn't have an answer today for how to make this game better than it was. Yeah, and, and you know the answers about COVID were, were interesting to me, and, and you, you do have to pause and, and think a little bit about you know just what's weighing on the minds of the the players and the coaching staff, particularly in DC with a season that by by no account has gone according to plan on the field, off the field, you know. But Olson alluded to it a little bit there, you know, saying you know players got to be a little more diligent off the field. Everybody's doing you know the best they can in the facilities and keeping the whole team safe, but really you don't want to be that team that gets two or three or four players who, who, who pop positive. I think that's not the issue though, right? Like that's not the issue with the on the field play and we can talk around it. And we certainly talked around it in Looks the like press conference. Russ yeah. is about to get going. Let's go, go to Russ. Great, man. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. We'll go ahead and get started. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Hey Russ, thanks for your time. Um, was wondering if you could uh, uh, just describe what it was like over the last um over this full day with everything that happened and whether you thought you should have even played a game today, given all the uh, circumstances. Yeah. Um, today, today obviously wasn't ideal preparation. Uh, we know, we knew this was possible during this, these games. Um, COVID's a real thing. It's uh it's something obviously we worry about, especially when a team member of ours uh, gets it or whoever, um, it was hectic, obviously had our test before the, before the flight. Um, we had to get the results back before we even traveled to, to the stadium, which I'm sure you guys already know. Um, it was, it was not ideal. Obviously you guys have, you have guys worrying about if they tested positive. Um, you know, we knew it put, it put a lot of us in an uncomfortable situation, but, um, we, we knew uh, the league had the pro has the protocols and we, we followed them and, uh, we got here to play the game and still were able to get a, a solid warm up in to go out and um, attack this match. Thanks, Russ. We'll go to Sydney Hunt from MLS Soccer next. Sydney, go ahead. Hey, Russell. Uh, you know, taking this into account with you know the COVID positive test, you know this result tonight, the result against Atlanta at home, 
um, the other over the weekend. And then with y'all moving into a road match against Chicago, uh, you've not had a lot of success on the road. Um, how does the club kind of move on? Yeah, to, uh, obviously the the result wasn't ideal tonight. Um, it, it's not it's not fun to lose. I hate losing, and I'm you know I, I don't want to go out there and lose those games. I, I think most of our guys feel that way. Um, now moving forward into Chicago, we we know it's going to be a different one. Um, I thought the mentality was there today. I just obviously it didn't come together. Um, you get those those penalty calls and it kills the game for us, to be quite honest, especially, obviously, it's it's no secret that we're playing a little bit defensive in that sense. Um, having those PK calls against us make it very tough um, to execute our game plan that we had going into this. Um, going into Chicago, we have to uh, figure it out, figure how we can get rid of those mistakes because those, quite honestly, those defensive mistakes are what, what are killing us. We we have to eliminate them or we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Thanks, Russ. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. Russ, are you, uh, what's your level of concern um, about the, the team's morale and, and, and mentality um, as, this, as this drags on and, and uh, results become harder to, to get? Yeah, it's it's definitely concerning. Obviously, looking at the table, we're not we're not picking up points. Um, every game that goes by makes it t tougher for us to qualify for a playoff spot. Um, that's frustrating. I think from a team morale perspective, going into this game, I mean, guys were guys were willing to work, um, work hard, and sacrifice themselves for the team. Um, there's still there's still mistakes that we have to avoid to to fix this situation we're in. Thanks, Russell. I don't see any more questions, so appreciate your time, man. Yep. Thank you, guys. SEC United's Russell Knauss uh, joining the show via the post-game press conference tonight. And, um, you know, before before Russ came on, Sam, you, you were about to make a good point that, you know, COVID dominated the conversation there with, with Coach Olsen, and, and I think it's going to dominate the media landscape within the D.C. United world for the next day or so. But it's ultimately just a distraction from what is or in many ways is not happening on the field. Which is frustrating because, like I said, like we, we played a lot better today. I think that we had a little bit more creativity up top. It's probably not the creativity that we would still like to see. We'd like to see a lot more. But I there were more moments than against Atlanta. Um, and I, I honestly think the young kids bring a spark to this team like that we don't see otherwise. And I was – a little bit surprised to see them subbed out. It was interesting because Olsen said he thought the subs brought a spark and not that I think that they brought the game down, but I think that the, the young kids have been the ones bringing the spark all season. Um, so it was really great to see them all get that start today and I would have liked to have seen them finish the game off. Well, and you, when you talk about having complicating circumstances, yeah, certainly the travel is you know a, a challenge, especially when you, you know, are you going to play or you're not going to play, but Let's remember that New York City also didn't know whether this game was going to happen until the same time that That's DC United did. Right. Uh, so I'm hesitant to cut them too much of a break on. Oh well, we we didn't know what was going to happen here. Like the, your opponent was in the same boat. Uh, you know, certainly weird playing on that janked up field. But <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, this team was not good enough to get a result today. No, and I think that's been the problem for for the for the bulk of the season, right? Is like they just haven't been good enough to get results, uh, and and 
you know, Olsen said it, it's true. New York City is a good team. Um, it, it pains me to say that. I mean, this was the the kind of laughing stock of the league for a couple of years with the big, you know, city football group funding that couldn't get a stadium and, and, and couldn't really get a roster off the ground with, with some of the, the, the folks that they brought in and, and tried to make it work. And that's not this New York city team anymore. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a deep team. They're, they're a talented team and, and they're a team that's had DC United's number for the last couple of seasons. You're right. And I, th- I think obviously everyone's very frustrated with the way this entire season has gone. Um, but I do think it's worth pointing out that we had two new center backs, right? Like in Pines and Schoberg, they have not been playing this season very much. So I think it's worth pointing out that one of the games or one of the goals was definitely like a through ball between them that should not have been. But it's also hard when you're working with another uh, two center backs, really, who have not played together. Um, so I think that they did have some really good moments. We thought that Schoberg got the PK for a minute. It ended up being a handball, we think, but he was definitely also fouled in the box there. Yeah, he was so. getting mugged. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's worth mentioning that like they, they did have some pretty good moments, um, and there was obviously some miscommunications and just some some odd plays between the two of them that are hard. But um, you know, And taken in just its, itself as looking at this game alone, you might say, okay, you know, tough game he played a better team result was bad dc united has never won at nycfc and yeah at some point that saw a thrilling zero zero draw there last that <laughs> was that last year but you're right have have not won yeah <laughs> you haven't gotten three points from any of the times you've been in there for the last five years uh so it, it was hard to go into this game expecting much of that to change you know after the game tonight we're 15 points back of this team on the table they're solidly fifth that's going to be a playoff spot regardless of the expanded playoffs this year and we're still bottom of the league yeah it's interesting about the center back pairing i mean showberg actually came out in in favor of a in the 81st minute but um i mean three goals shipped by by showberg and company tonight and then his last appearance was was not pretty against the Before. union and yeah i mean it's i don't know i don't know what to do with with showberg i mean i didn't think he was terrible tonight for sure uh-huh. um, i didn't think pines was either no and and i mean but here's the thing i i don't see showberg with a with much of a future on this team I, I i could be wrong i think obviously donovan pines i think a lot of us hope to see him and and burn as as the center back pairing for for a while well um, you need a backup right like we love Briant on this show, right? He man of the match or man of the season last season, yeah. but um, I mean he's he's getting older. He doesn't necessarily have a career forever, and we do need a backup center back. So, do you think that's not Schoberg? I think it is, uh, and like you guys said, I don't think it was up to 29. any any individual tonight that we shipped four goals. I think it was just again a bad setup. I pulled up the heat map, and our only red spot is with Bill on the ball in the box. Oh, wow. New York City's majority of the possession was on our side of the field. Yeah, um, it was like thirty-one shots to nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to concede when that happens. So you you need possession. You need a midfield, and I, I didn't see that tonight. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, we'll obviously get to the man of the match segment later on, unfortunately. But one of the things we talked about during the game as we're watching together was, you know, you, you Bill had a good game tonight. We shipped four goals. 
but the goalkeeper put in a pretty good performance. Um, and, and and there's been a number of games this season where where that hasn't been the conversation. I mean, yeah. Bill's yeah. Bill's been bit by the the challenges that this entire team is, has seen this year. But you know, how, how can you? you that's just such an indictment on the attack and and truly even the midfield of of a team when you give up four goals and and you talk about your goalkeeper having a good game i mean there's got to be more to talk about on the attack and this team is just not giving it to us week in and week out yeah i mean they don't really have the answer for that either and when you know, I, I mentioned last episode, but if you all um, follow our Twitter, um, we do the pregame. We tweet out uh, quotes from the pregame press conference as well. And a lot of people ask, you know, what about the attack? And even the newer players like Gressel, for instance, has even mentioned that, I mean, this isn't a team that's historically known for its attack and historically like relatively recently historically within the Ben Olsen era. It's it's a team that's known for its solid defense and taking advantage of those counters or the set pieces or just those like moments up top. But it, it's not a team that's ever claimed to create brilliant chances on the offense. Um, so it's it's a little bit interesting that like that's what, that, what everyone's complaint is because it's not as though Ben is a new coach and we're like surprised by his tactics right now. Like yeah. I, it was the same thing last season. We just had a more solid defense. Well, and of the goals tonight, two of them came on penalties. One of them came on just a failure. I, uh, really, two of them, the later two, came on failures to mark. You're not seeing that same kind of, you know, gritty defense where you're no. all over the guys and shutting it down. Like the last time we played this team, it was horrible to watch, but we didn't have a shot, but they didn't score. And, and Richard kind of touched on that in, in the YouTube chat. Is DC United actually able to play defense that isn't park the bus? Uh, and that's a good point to bring up because this match contrasts way differently than the other one NYC game that we played where we we did park the bus and, and yeah. we didn't win because of that. We didn't take any shots uh, because of that. Uh, and Just to play devil's advocate, that's what Ben said during the post post game too is he was like, because that's the game we got a point out of, but we didn't have a shot on goal, right? Yeah, and but, everyone was coming out. So I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate is like, that was his point of view. He's like, we didn't concede a goal and we got a point today against a very good New York team. So what more could you want? And we didn't park the bus today and we didn't get any points today. So well, just again, uh, putting it out there for conversation. You, you will also finish bottom of the league if you get one point out of every game because you play like that. Um, every is, game in so, versus New York City is a different conversation, I think, though. What team would you, I mean... Uh, <laughs> and we were kind of forced into it in this game too. You know, you give up a PK in the first, you know, I guess it was the first three minutes. You're yeah. chasing, you get the PK back. Like at that point, you've already kind of shifted how you're going to play. I don't think we really saw whether they were trying to play the same way. And frankly, I haven't looked back at the the roster from the previous game, but it may not be a roster that's capable of sitting back and defending for a full 90 minutes. That takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of practice and understanding how to do it and with the number of changes we've had to do love seeing young guys get the opportunity but that that's a tough thing to ask especially on the road with all the other things going on i'm not apologizing for the result but yeah understanding yeah and i don't know that you can sorry john i don't know that you can give them too much slack for getting that early pk because we got another one back pretty quickly it was within 11 minutes if i'm not mistaken it was very early in the half so Yes, that was probably frustrating, and we can debate all day long about whether or not it was an easy PK. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because it was given, but we got one back pretty soon after that, and then it was essentially a 0-0 game again at that point, so I don't know that we can lend a whole lot to conceding that goal early. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, Sam. I, I think what's one of the things I said on Twitter before the game tonight was I was going to be really frustrated if if Olsen came out and tried to park the bus with this with the lineup that we had available tonight. Yeah. I mean, you, th- this is not a, a lineup that's oh going to be good at defending. I'm not terribly surprised that we shipped four goals. I just remain so frustrated that we can't create anything in the attack. And, and I think that, you know, these are two totally different stories against the New York City team, but the, the constant is just the failure to create. It was just, you know, it, it, it was just a PK. That was it. I mean, Yao had a good shot on target, which was awesome. Um, but other than that, good God. Yeah. There's no attack. There's no bite in the attack in the team. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Mark. I mean, the, the stats are telling us that we had nine shots. It certainly did not feel like nine shots. Three of those on target, one of those coming in the dying moments. At no point did we ever really expect that this team was going to be able to play their way back into it. Uh, and that's frustrating as a fan to you know show up and watch the game and know that as soon as you go down, especially when you go down multiple goals, that's pretty much the end of the night. And you've got to start thinking about constellations for uh how things went down i'm glad you went first because i mean go ahead and at me everyone at sammy Kaz. like i'm gonna throw in some positivity here but like looking against our last game against new york city and then against atlanta which was our last game that we've played so those are probably the two best games to compare this game to i mean we didn't have many moments we said this just among ourselves during the game we didn't have many moments where you looked at that and thought oh man that should have been the back of the net for dc united which is frustrating but i thought that we did have a little bit more bite up top and we created nine chances there were plenty of chances that we had kind of been creating that were um snuffed before then so i'm not really sure yeah a little feedback here from uh (laughs) from one of our many devices um yeah, I don't know, guys. Thoughts? I mean, I, I guess I just think to we, me... we did a little bit better this game, and it, it wasn't the standard by which I wish DC United were playing right now, but I'll go back to the kids. They had a lot of spark, and, you know, um, Gressel, uh, sorry, uh, Gressel and some of the other players were able to come up and kind of play off of that, and I think it was better than those two games. Again, it's not where I wish this team would be, but it was better than it, our last time against New York City and our game against Atlanta. But at the end of the day, as you just said, it wasn't better because we still we didn't get anything out of this game. No points. Uh, I guess we didn't pick up any major cards or injuries. So we're holding through for the next game. But at the end of the day, you gave up three points and kept the negative momentum going of giving up several multi-goal games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the positivity. We built up a little bit more. We had some more spark. There were definitely very creative moments where we played one or two touch passing in the forward. Don't look at me like that. You can't just say we definitely had those moments. There were maybe three of them, but you can't say those moments didn't exist. They didn't exist. We had 22% possession in the first half today. We had no midfield. Moses Nyman might as well have been playing second left back. Um, and that's not his fault. Uh, he, we clear every time we get the ball. Twenty-two percent possession. That's what you get from throw-ins. Well, that, like, <laughs> come on. And that is really frustrating. I, I I had a chance to watch the pregame show tonight. I feel like it's been a, a little while, and actually talked the you know the segment that Devin broke down it, tactically. Kind of showed with the high press that New York City plays, uh, really moving the ball into the midfield and and you know into the attacking third, right in front of the, the four-man back line. Is kind of how you expose this New York City team and. 
no, you're absolutely you're spot on, Joshua. Anytime we would get a touch, you know, in in the defensive third, the first look was to clear it, or it was to play it long on a on a on a speculative ball on a tiny field to to Ola or or to whoever happened to be forward at the time. Instead of, and in many cases, we actually had the space to do it, taking a touch, you know, taking a couple dribbles forward, allowing some players to, to get back, you know, and to help with the attack. We, we didn't do that at all. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess to me, if, if that's the scouting report that the, the broadcast crew can put together, that had to have been discussed tactically, right? Well, and it comes back to what we've said for a while now is that this team doesn't really know how they want to attack. You know, the, those moves you're talking about, kicking it long to Kamara and hoping he finds something. You know, there were a couple of times where Kamara had moments and there wasn't anyone to back him up. You know, this team does not, has not shown an ability to build up and actually create opportunities aside from, you know, the the occasional counter or, you know, opportunities there. Which, you know, there's still opportunities, you know, take them and, and do what you can with it. But there's no cohesive. This is how we're going to you know, go forward and actually create a, a chance and hopefully create goals. And I think Ben talked about that during a press conference the other day. Is that this is not a team that's expecting to create ten to fifteen chances a game, which is frustrating. We're live on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. And you know, we want to know your thoughts. Are you, are you seeing any positives? Is there is there anything here to be optimistic about moving forward? Are we okay with a team that potentially only creates 10 or 15 chances a game. Um, you can call the show at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6328. Or, of course, jump in the YouTube chat or using our hashtag tried and true DCU on Twitter. And, of course, we've got a number of folks active, um, as usual, in the Twitter live stream as well. So we, we want to hear your thoughts kind of on where the black and red go from here with what seven games to play uh this season with chicago on deck on sunday correct so it's, a, it's again a pretty quick turnaround yeah on my football sunday <laughs> well, i am glad this game didn't get rescheduled you know trying to fit it in with yeah. all of the other games coming yeah. up uh it would have been a challenge so yeah kudos to them for playing the game i don't think if you had played it any other time we would have seen a different result and that's kind of the way we've been all this season yeah, that, that certainly would have been tough. And, and another, I mean, luckily it didn't get pushed back too dramatically late tonight, um, which, which, you know, would have made for a long night. Because I, I was under the impression that the team was actually traveling, was, was kind of flying out and coming back in the same day. I thought that was kind of the plan when, when these games first got scheduled after MLS is back. But Claudia Pagan mentioned during one of the sideline reports that they're actually staying at the, at the same hotel as, uh, as Inter-Miami. So uh, Gonzalo oh, had some time to hang out. With they Cuba. could still be flying back. They may have just been. It's using just the staging a, ground yeah. potentially. Just booked it for. I guess that's true. A day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but unsure. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let my joke go on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see uh, the other Iguain playing for us today. Perhaps he could, you know, create something going forward. He, he would... had a pretty sick goal for Miami today. So much better than his PK against Philly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could have used that today. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think that we're going to see on Sunday against Chicago? We'll, we'll get Briant back. We're looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know. You know. I know, Sam, you're trying to be hopeful and optimistic about what's going to come out. Like, you know, the Chicago is not a, a great team. You know, looking at the table, they're, you know, 
same general area as us five points up you know this is an opportunity that if you are going to get on a run and do what we talk about you know be an mls team that gets out of the right time and starts making things happen you need to do it but after the game this past weekend i have zero confidence in that actually happening so of course now that i've said that you know they're going to come around and you know <laughs> put up a big night and you know, we're we'll all be celebrating and i'll take full credit for that if it happens but uh as you should for right now uh it is a bleak time to be a dc united fan yeah, I would expect to see us kind of revert back to the four four two against Chicago. I think that's – I hate to say that, but that's kind of the tried and true uh, <laughs> Ben Olsen formation, and I would expect to see, you know, Pines inside with with uh, Brianna. Although I don't know how serious Burnbaum's, I guess, repetitive ankle injury is. Um, but from there, you know, I would expect to just see kind of the standard four four two and – Look, I'll I'll just I'll speak on behalf of probably anyone who's watched DC United regularly this year. I don't have any realistic expectation of of winning that game or or even really finding the back of the net at this point. So, what changes would you make? Are we talking on the field or off it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk on the field. This game is only four days away, um, so that doesn't give you a whole lot of time to off the field make a bunch of like tactical changes or locker room changes or what have you so just like with the guys you have what would you do uh so personally i would start sorga up top alongside kamara i don't think we've seen that much if at all this year and and sorga seems to to give a little bit more of a spark and then i mean i think we've got we've got to figure something out in the in the midfield you know what did they try a diamond in the midfield or they go flat uh but they've they've got to do something different and they've got to look what I would tell him this week is we've we've shipped four goals in two games straight. Let's let's possess the ball, right? If we get caught out on a counter and, and we concede, fine, right? It's not like we're regularly keeping clean sheets anymore. Find a way to possess the ball more. Find a way to attack more. And if and if that's if that's a diamond in the midfield, and and I don't know necessarily who you're putting in the middle of that diamond at this point. Paredes was probably one of the better folks we've seen at a makeshift ten this year, um, but. We got to do something different. Which goes into a question we just had on Twitter. And my apologies. I don't know who said it because Twitter gets kind of crazy with their um, comments sometimes on Periscope. But they basically said, like, what changes would you make to create more opportunities going forward? They also said, love the show. And we love that you listen. So, uh, Look, I think some we need someone. Uh, a midfield is not that hard. You need someone to destroy on defense. And we normally play with two guys there. Who's that? Uh, if one of Moreno or Canals, okay. uh, if they're playing in the midfield where they should Canals, I, I'm so tired. How did he go from like this good center? To, what, what happened there? We had an injury at right back. And so he kind of went back and he hasn't played in the midfield well, really. At since. least he was on the yeah, roster. Tonight. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on it and in it. Uh, so, so one of Moreno Canals needs to be the destroyer. Someone needs to hold the ball. I, I think Nyman has been decent at that in the, what, three games we've seen him now. He can do that. We need someone there to create. And, and I'm not sure anyone on this team could do it. So I think being, well, being a destroyer and creating in the midfield are two different things, right? I, right? I, there's yeah. three, three positions. Okay, okay. Destroyer, someone to hold the ball. We haven't played with either of these last two. Hold the ball and then create. And, and, I'm not sure anyone on our team can be the creator, but we also have not played with someone in that position. Well, and frankly, you know, listening to Ben the other day, it almost sounded like he wanted Yordi to fill that position. And 
which is a little concerning when you're expecting a forward to drop back and you know play a 10 which is a, a different role but I think we've seen a little bit of that animation from him that may be your best shot as far as trying to mix it up uh, I'm not uh, unfortunately I don't think we'll, we're gonna see Yordi for a little bit but yeah we'll, we'll see how things go there but uh, when he does get back out there that that might be your option you know, yeah I agree I, I don't think you know Nyman was bad I don't think he's in a position yet to be able to really pull the strings in the game uh he was talking you know last week in the post game uh about how he he was still trying to figure out what his role was and how to play into it and you know you love to hear that from a young player trying to learn from each opportunity he gets but you know this is a team that needs points now Uh, i think we're all pessimistic about whether we're actually going to get them and you know you can talk about ways moving forward with that but at the end of the day that may not be your best option unless it's solely here you get minutes and you know see what you can do and we'll, we'll build from that john what do you think <laughs> well i mean i i kind of gave you my my thoughts there i i, I would I'm fine with the four four two. I'm fine with even trying the diamond in the middle. I, I think, you know, I, I guess for me, I, I would put uh, Kevin has been the most successful at the ten role this season, and then that says a lot about how successful we've been at the ten position because Kevin probably position. has two yeah. or three other positions where I'd rather see him at right. Um, but you know, maybe you do that. Maybe you put Griffin out on one wing. You put. Um, your boy Assad? Uh, no, I would put I would put <laughs> Gressel out on the other wing and tell him to earn his friggin' paycheck, which he hasn't done all season. And then yeah, like you put I don't care, flip a coin, uh, Canals or or Moreno. Um, and, and then yeah, you put I would put Sorga and and Kamara up top and tell this team that none of them are getting subbed off until they score a goal. I, I mean, I, I just you with that lineup out there against any defense in this league, you have to be able to score. Okay. I mean, it's 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 not a it's not an MLS Cup winning lineup, right? It's it's not a particularly attack heavy lineup, but you've got to be able to score a goal. Like the bar's not that high. Yeah, and I'd love to hear what people in the comments have to say. Um, if people are on Periscope or on YouTube, um, I, I mean, I feel like every fan right now has a different thought about what could bring this team back up. Um, so I'd love to hear what people have to say. But Joshua, I think that you were about to say something, and I cut you off. Oh no, I just going to comment on what we've been saying i i really i kind of agree with john there i, I don't think look we're, we can't throw on three more attackers and we certainly can't play any more defenders than we have been so i, I think it has to be the midfield the midfield has to change and it's looking at our possession numbers and, and how many shots we've been taking and how little chances we've been creating like that that comes from the midfield and we have a, a former midfielder as coach i don't understand but uh yeah i I'm looking for that change. I'm really, really worried about the Chicago game because we get two days rest and then we play Philly again. Cool. And I think we're in a worse spot than we were last time when we played Philly yeah. and we know how that went. Um, yeah. So Chicago's our shot. <laughs> I really, really hope we come out strong. I want to see this team look dangerous for the first time in a long time. Or at least entertaining. Entertaining, and, and they, they have to be willing to take risks. And, and I think that that's, to me, what's really a sign of a bad team right now is, like, you you know, I mean, Benny Ball is the term that gets thrown around a lot, and, and that is kind of a lot of what they try to play. But, like, when you can't even do that right, like, come on, guys. Like, flip it on its head. Take the risk. I, I want to see them get beat out on a counterattack because they're pressing and they're they're attacking and they're possessing and they're getting shots on target. If you lose 4-1 in a game like that, 
Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. And I think it goes, it gets down to mentality, which you just kind of touched on, but I need them to like believe that they can do it because there were, there was a play, I think where Kamara like crossed the ball in and he had the ball for like several seconds. Like there was enough time for the team to come up behind him and no one did. And I, I really think that's a mentality thing when you're not making you, when you're not willing to like streak up the field and make that run to put that ball in, that's absolutely a mentality thing. You assume that, you're not going to be able to hold it up there and you're going to be defending again, which is I'm sure frustrating. And um, I commented on it while Ben was speaking, but I mean that he's called this team fragile several times in the past several press conferences. Right. Which is, I think we've seen for a little bit and he's finally just coming out and publicly admitting it. Um, But I just, I need to see that mentality change because we have the skill. I think we have the capacity to get up there and be creative and, you know, we do it for some moments, but I just, I want to see the team believe in themselves. No, you're, you're exactly right. You know, that's a mentality that you have to keep for 90 minutes, especially if you're in a situation where you're depleted and you perhaps have less talent than the opponent you're playing against. You know, it's still, you know, this is not a U12 team where, you know, one of the teams has a player who has hit his growth spurt and is faster and stronger than everyone <laughs> else. Uh, you guys are all on basically the same level. Uh some of our young guys accept it perhaps uh but at the end of the day you're right you have, you have to actually have a mentality that you're applying for 90 minutes and making it happen and you saw several players try to animate at points today but it did not hold through the entire time you know i don't know if it's frustration if it's uh fatigue or what it is but you're not seeing the kind of approach that you need to see from a team that's going out there to win a game uh instead of just show up for 90 minutes and hope things turn out at the end yeah and uh we we had another comment in periscope again i'm sorry i don't know why uh, twitter keeps trying to flag these comments but they said um that they'd like to see emphasis on possessing the ball and time on the ball and i think that that's super important which we haven't touched on on this show i think recently but um i mean 22 percent possession was that in the first half i think you said it was in the first half but i mean that's i mean frankly just not good enough i think everyone will agree with that but even if it's just like stringing some passes together into the defense and slowly moving the ball up like but the issue is that when your entire team is back defending there's no one in the midfield to pass the ball up to right so that and it gets hard when you're constantly just defending 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 to find those passes throughout the defense um, but I, I would agree with that comment. I think it's, it's very important. And that's like starting to shift the mentality is because when you feel like you're just like slugging the ball up the field and then it's coming right back down your throat, that's really a hard game to play. But if you do start to string some passes together, I think that can lift you a little bit. And I think that we saw that a little bit, a couple handful of times in the first half. And I may be biased here, but playing, a, playing attacking soccer is a lot more fun. You know, it is, like we said earlier, it is exhausting to try to sit back and defend for 90 minutes, not make any mistakes, make sure that you're containing where you need to, marking where you need to, and and even then you can still get beat. It's a lot more fun as a player, you know, regardless of what else is going on, to say, hey, I'm going to go forward, I'm going to find opportunities. And when you're having fun, it the entire game gets, you know, can fall into place for you. And we have not seen that for this team. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's bleak, fam. There's <laughs> there's not a whole lot of positives. Sam, we, we, we credit you for, for trying every week to give us something to, to cling on to. But look, there's still a lot of time left in this season. Um, I, I guess, Seven games. I guess my question, I, I want to do something really quick before we wrap the show. 
rapid fire, you guys know that I don't think this team's making the playoffs. I, Sam? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> probably okay. not. I think that... Michael? It's not out of the question. I think probably. This is not a playoff team. Could they make the playoffs? Yeah, that's a weird league, but this is not a playoff team. Joshua? I don't think they win another game. I don't think so either. So with right. that, I, I mean, let's just – we're getting close. And, and I, I checked my – I guess my my go-to playoff status website thinks that the league is still suspended. So we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that. Uh, I guess for DC United it kind of has been. But um, I wanted to see kind of what the probability was. It's obviously low. And my question on top of that is let's assume – that this team's not making the playoffs, whether that's official in a couple, you know, in a couple games, or you know, a lot of us kind of realize it, it's not happening now. What do you want to see out of the rest of this season, right? Because I, I think everything's on the table. We talked a bit about it on the last show about could there be a change finally coming at, at head coach? Could that include the GM? Could that include pretty much everybody? So with with all those atmospherics after a historically bad season, what do you want to see? for the rest of this season if, if you're if you're Jason Levian right so I don't know about Jason Levian you, you turned that up at, at the last moment but I think from the fan perspective um there have been a lot of people for a long time like calling for the players to be played especially when we've been a bad run of form and just you know give them the opportunity and it's funny now to hear that a lot of people don't think that that's the best option and you really can't have both right you're either playing the players or you're not so if we're assuming that we're not making the playoffs um, I would like to see those players get played. I would also like to see there be a lot of rotation though, because the fact that Gressel didn't play for two games is like mind boggling. And he's also had a really rough season, right? He came yeah. in with a lot of potential. Um, it's not necessarily all his fault, but you can also see of the way he plays that he's very frustrated and he knows that he's not playing up to his potential. So I think there's just an opportunity to, you know, play some guys to get some experience, play some guys to get a little bit of momentum. So at least maybe you're going into the postseason, not loss after loss after loss, right? Maybe we can build at least a little bit of momentum, um, just really focus on the creativity up top and kind of learn how to create those chances and have those moments. And even if they're not coming out this season, um, we're not trying to figure it all out during the postseason and the preseason for next season where you're just playing against yourself. So right now, five thirty-eight puts DC United at a one percent chance of making the playoffs, which is, which is more than zero, which is you know, <laughs> n- n- not eliminated. Uh, more than zero. I think that's just mathematically yeah. we aren't absolutely uh, more than zero. I think as long as you still have that hope, you let the team try to roll out whatever the best lineup they have and try to go from there like you have to make an effort especially when you are only you know basically two wins out of the playoffs right now now do i have any confidence that they know how to get those two wins no so that's where i challenge you black is you literally just said you don't think we're gonna make the playoffs and then you were like but you got to play your best team out there because maybe you could like and then you were like but even if we're in the playoffs we're not a playoff team so like what so the, what would you so, like to see? So there's a difference between, you know, looking at it, you know, as an outsider who has no involvement with, with the team management at all okay. and, and the actual team mentality. Like the team is there to make the playoffs and try to win a title. You know, they've got to continue to do that as long as that is an option. Now, as soon as they've fallen out and established that they cannot make the playoffs, that's probably when you start saying, hey, this is where we divide up the minutes and see what we've got. And 
frankly, that that may not be getting minutes for the young guys. That may be getting minutes for some of these older guys, the, the veterans that you know we look at and say, yeah, you, you've had moments for us, but do we really want to bring you back? Uh, I don't know if this team is prepared to do a full-on blow up the team and rebuild, but you know, based on you know, most times that you, when you finish at the bottom of the league, that's probably the the best option moving forward. Uh, you know, guys like Gressel that you just brought in, uh, you would certainly like to see more out of, and you need a lot of fire fire under him saying, "Hey, you know, if this doesn't work out." we're going to have to find a different option and you're going to sit on our bench very expensively and it's not going to be what you're looking for. Uh, so I don't know if you go full on play the kids, get the minutes. It really needs to be an audition for each of the guys to say, Hey, this is why I need to be a part of the team next year. This is how I can help us win. Uh, and whether that's with a different coaching staff or with the current coaching staff, there needs to be some kind of reckoning for the fact that this team has been awful this year. Yeah, it's kind of where my head's at, right? I mean, you've got two guys that are out for the season, for sure, for sure, right? In in Ariola, they just announced is probably not going to play, and and obviously Felipe with the same injury, but much later in the season, so he's out. And I think those guys are both definitely back next year. And I don't really, I mean, I mean Ariola's Ariel for sure coming back, yeah. <laughs> but I I think Felipe is definitely coming back too. Aside from the homegrowns, right? I don't think anybody's safe. I don't think anybody should be safe on this roster. And so I, I think if I'm if I'm Edison Flores, I'm hoping I can get my butt back out there healthy, hopefully with a reconstructed face, and hopefully he's doing well with recovery, right? But he's got something to prove, and I don't know that he's safe. I mean, they spent a ton of money on him, so it would be expensive to get rid of him, but I don't think he's a shoe-in for this roster. Um, I, I, I think that that's exactly where this goes. And, you know, quite frankly – I guess, I guess I'll challenge you guys. Who, who's safe other than those guys? Other than the homegrowns. So, you can include Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Steve. Steve is safe. Yeah, I don't think Steven's going anywhere. I don't know that he's had the best season of his career, but I also don't think that every fault lies with him. And his whole career has been with DC United. So, what? Someone said, who wants to stay on this team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I think well, is a little bit of the other mentality, um, is that if, like, depending on how the team plays it, players can also ask for transfers and also make it clear that they don't want to be here, which is a little bit of the balancing act, right? Because we've said again and again and again that this is a talented roster on paper and these are talented players. And there's something to be said for the fact that they haven't shown it all season. But I think that most players on this roster would have options elsewhere in MLS. Frankly, I think that based on what we've seen from the players this year, there are very few players who can effectively say, I need to be transferred. This is not a good enough team. You for could me. also argue that the entire team hasn't been playing up to their potential. So any yeah. individual player can say like, for example, Gressel can say, you saw me in Atlanta. You saw what I could do. DC United did not set me up I to think, succeed mm-hmm. and you can take me on your team. And I think a lot of teams would take that bet. I think we've all, seen it with Boateng. Might, he was playing today. We had it on another screen and we were like, remember when he was like injured and wasn't playing for DC United. Now he's killing it in Columbus. So I don't think that that, I think that most players could argue their way out of DC United if they wanted to. I think Gressel is the only one with the resume to, and, and the age to do it. Kamara is too old, and after this performance, I don't think anyone will ever take him as a start. They're not going to be able to start for any other team. I don't think... That is not after necessarily this season, the argument. Well, well, the players hopefully want to play and make the same amount of money they're currently making. Uh, but, but all this is... 
DC United will lose money if we ship all these players. That's, and, and that's the thing. Uh, we clearly have a finite amount of resources. It's going to cost more money to bring in players to replace these players, and we don't even know if those players are as good as the ones we have. Uh, so I'm hesitant to blow up the roster because they, they, on paper it looks good. Uh, I think Casper... So what do you want to see the rest of the season? Uh, for the rest of the season, I want to see people put in positions to do good. I I want highlight reels How? of each player's. I want film How? on each player's. Put them in the positions they belong in and tell them to do their job. Don't worry about... Uh, we're going to bunker for this whole game. So how many outside midfielders are going to play at a game? <sighs> yeah, mean, how are you going to do that Ben's with the current injury and COVID and all the list of people, red cards, like all the oh, list of people We're back from out. injury except for Paul and Felipe. And Steven and Flores. And Flores. Steve, and Steve's got a one-day knock. Flores is called up to his national team. He's ready to play. Uh, we're back. Uh, that's, that's. I don't know. I think I Ben specifically said in the post game that he was surprised he would gotten called up you because mean, there's no during his list of excuses for why this team is bad. He said injuries. Uh, he no. also said he was up, up on the phone late. I, I don't want to hear his. No, story. there was a specific. We're, we're okay. mostly back from injury. Yeah. Uh, that's not true at all. I think. I think when they put the the injury list up, it had five or six players today during the game. Five or six starting players. Who? Birnbaum just listed that has all. a slight knock on his ankle. I, look, the, I'm tired of this excuse. We've been saying injuries since the beginning of the season. Hire another physio. You're right. I mean, you're right that it's not an excuse for the way that we've you been playing. Physio. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching too much British soccer. <laughs> you're right. But we should probably buy one from there. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's actually a fair point. Is at some point we do need to talk about why all these injuries are occurring, right? Is like ACLs aside. Yeah, you can't really plan. I mean, we should ban ACLs, but <laughs> it's specifically, you know, Ariel, Flores, Felipe, so not Segura, Abu, okay, Burnbaum. Oh, Abu, so I there forgot. were so there were six. He was he had some pretty good games before he went down. That was really was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, Abu was playing really well. So interesting. We have a text coming in that says, and, and this is a this is an interesting thought. If Ben were to step down, Pippa could coach and 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 give us a shot to ride out the rest of the season, right? I mean, he is in that player coach role. He I would, don't think uh, he wants to. He would definitely get more minutes than he is now. <laughs> he, yeah, he probably start himself. He was um, very clear when we interviewed him that he was a player this that's season. That's true. That's true. But I like the thought. Um, and and listed half the roster as folks who should leave tomorrow, including Gressel, Rivas, Canals, Schoberg, Assad, Kamara, and Fisher. As, as I think it's very interesting, though, because like up until very recently, there's been a lot of belief in this team and what DC United can do. And like regardless of how the fans feel, you have to listen to what the players are saying. And I mean, Rust, I mean, uh, pardon me, Ariola just signed another what three year contract. And we haven't won a game since he signed that. We weren't winning before then, but he yeah. signed on to stay at DC United. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the players were just speaking very highly of believing in what DC United can do and bringing the history back to this city and that winning mentality. So, I mean, obviously, yes, we all know the team is, to quote Ben, very fragile right now. But I I just I, th- I think there's something to be said for that. Well, if you run through the signings we've made, you know, certainly extending Paul, it looks uh, – you know, I'm, I'm hoping he comes back and he comes back at full potential and that he tears up the league. Uh, so jury's still on that, you know, hoping for the best there. But the other signings you brought in this year, Jordi Reyna looks like he could be solid. Uh, Yelman Rivas, sure. Uh, Schoberg gets on the field if everybody else is yep. gone. 
even going back to last year, yeah. you brought in Kamara as your Rooney replacement, and he's got three goals this year, two on penalties. Like the recent track record of signings makes me very questionable about saying, oh well, if we ship these guys off, we can get new guys in. We're already relying on folks who are kind of on their last legs as far as perhaps not age, but at least in terms of opportunities here in the league. Well, and and I don't want to understate the point Joshua made earlier about, you know, you send these guys off and, and you're still financially responsible for them in a lot of ways, depending on how those deals work, right? Like, are you still paying the salary? Are you still paying a portion of the salary? Or did you pay a transfer fee to begin with that now you're just eating? Um, so the, there's there's financial implications to, to shipping players away, especially when they're not performing well and, and the demand isn't quite as high. Um, it, it's it's we saw Atlanta do it offseason. though. What do you mean? Yes, but we Atlanta's saw Atlanta guy. ship Martinez for a lot more than he was probably worth yeah, in we, his current form. We also saw them ship their coach when the players weren't playing well. Uh, and I think I just want to look that laundry list of players. It was pretty long, and you might have a point on a lot of them, but don't be surprised if they pull in Nick DeLeon, Patrick Mullins, Boateng. They go to another team. They get put in a good system and, and they show really well. Um, I'd like to point out that none, neither of those players you just mentioned asked to be on a different team though. I mean, none of the players that we, we talked about, you just said the play, the players want to be on this team. Um, it seems from all the press yeah. we get, um, they just aren't succeeding on this team. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to kick people out of this club who, who have a resume of being good and, and want to be here. Uh, it's just not working out right now when we all know it, that tactically we could be a lot better. Yeah, If we could get a team that was playing at the level of the peaks of all that we've seen, like, you know, again, Gressel is a player who has a demonstrated track record of, you know, creating lots of assists and doing great things. Kamara is a guy who, as Joshua, you said a number of times, Kamara is a guy who can score in this league. He apparently cannot score for this team. Yeah. Uh, at some point, yeah, do you want to revise your 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 projection for how many goals he's going to score this year? I mean, I know you said twenty. Oh. Look, with, you guys are talking about seven it. games to go. We're how many do you ship think him he gets to LAFC? To? He's going to score five in every game for the rest of the season <laughs> and hit twenty. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if and when he stays with DC United for the rest of the season, what's the final goal tally? Oh man, can we get to six? Can we double the output? No. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll stick on the Kamara hype train. Look, if anyone scores goals for this team, three goals over seven games. <laughs> Look, top scorer for DC United, easily, right? Hey, who else is scoring goals I for mean, the rest of the season? Well, Bryant was suspended, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so listen. I the one thing that I'm going to take away from tonight is that I'm not as crazy as you guys have called me because our text line is blown up with my idea. We got to give Poch a call, right? He's still available. <laughs> nobody, nobody Which, signed. Him. Just call him, right? Yeah. Hey, what's what's the number? You give me the number, and we'll we'll talk. Like, we'll we'll get call with our in people. here on Tried and True Live. Yeah. Well, I, I meant the number of how much we have to pay in the country. Right. But <laughs> you know, and, we'll, and full, we'll start a GoFundMe. And full credit to him. You, know, if he comes in and says, "Hey, you, I am a great coach. No matter who you give me, I can make it happen." Uh, prove it. Best coaches can do it. The best coaches can do it. Uh, I would Which, have, yeah, I would have trouble looking at that and saying, "Oh, yes, I'm going to come here and." then the team's going to invest X number of dollars on top of that. Which was going to be my question to you all. Is it Does it just come down to tactics? This team is a lot better with the right tactics. And, and do, do, do Are we winning the MLS Cup with this roster? Probably not. But A number of times you talk about mentality and the number of goals we've given up on set pieces. Opportunities that are solely coaching. Yeah. It, it's 
and it's frustrating and it's depressing to look at that and say hey you know this isn't working but it's clearly not and i yeah. don't think having Quop or pochettino or any of these other huge names <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe they do fix it. It's reality. Or, uh, well, yeah. and I, <laughs> the I best mean, coaches can do something with any player. Yeah, I, I, I think here's my frustration. I, I, and I've said this before. DC United is now in the twilight zone of making a coaching change this season, right? Of like, if you did it a couple of weeks ago, there was still enough runway and winnable games to to maybe be able to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, well, or, no, that no, runway's no, no, out now. No, that, that runway only is there if you're saying we can make a change and we can get a new guy in here tomorrow. Yeah, you got him. Can make oh, it I, I, so yeah, I, I probably, I totally agreed. I might have just done it and 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 thrown in like we talked about, you know, last week, either a Chad Ashton just to make it as, as a caretaker or, or or bring up a Ryan Martin from Loudon or something. But I, I mean, that runway's kind of gone now, and so I, I hope the team is using this time to really vet candidates because. Guys, I just I don't see a way Olsen's back next year. And and look, I, I don't think this is all on him. I never have. But I, I think whenever they take the time to replace Olsen and, and probably Casper as well, right, I think they need to sort out very clearly what does that relationship look like between coach and GM, right? Is it is it a situation where, you know, you've got the coach has all the power, like almost like a Bruce Arena type thing? Yeah. Or is it how are they going to work together, right? It, and you got to lay out resources on the table, which is much clearer today. I mean, I guess maybe not today as opposed to a year ago, but nowadays compared to five years ago, I think that's a lot clearer. And you've got to have the, the, the whole system aligned behind that from the academy to Loudon to the first team. It's all got to be aligned behind this vision. And I'm just, to me, I don't see the vision and, and, all of that should be so clearly communicated to the fan base that everybody knows what we're going to do every week. And, and some weeks it might not work, but damn it, we're going to do it well eventually. And so, that's how you build a program that wins. I would argue that the fan base does know what we're going to do every week. It's just not potentially what we want to see and what will win us games. But also to your point, like this is also the team that had the finances and the mentality and the clear vision to sign Wayne freaking Rooney. Right. And then it was very unfortunate that he left for very personal reasons. That was not something that the team had anticipated, but we haven't been able to like get that back. What I was putting on my tin hat because I thought we shouldn't be (laughs) to to your point, John, you know, talking about wanting to have a program where you understand what you're trying to do, the way you want to play. Uh, I loved having Rooney here. Your entire club should not depend on having a generational talent to can lift everything up and, you know would love to see it and you know hell maybe one of the uh young guys we've got will mature into that kind of player yeah but if you are counting on Wayne Rooney to walk through the door and lift you up that is not a plan that's not, I think that's, that's not, not what I meant oh uh, I, I understand yeah that, yeah, yeah. okay and you know things were solid with Rooney you know you had a great run of games particularly you know having that long set at home during the second half of the season where we opened rfk and had you know a lot of opened success field. Uh, sorry yeah, opened yeah. Audi field. but uh yeah at the end of the day I, I think to your point john we don't know what this team how they want to play what their their model is what they want to do aside yeah, from do. pick up whoever is available and cheap and hope that they slot in and let us back in the playoffs so we can lose first round. Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah, I, to me, Rooney was a distraction. 
it, it's a, in, in more ways than one. But he was a fun distraction. Yeah, but he was a distraction. I, I mean, he, 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 he was he was you you plugged him in for a couple of years. You got fans in the stadium, and then he left. And, like and all the holes year. that this team had beforehand are, are still there, and now they're just more glaring than ever. And and I'll, I wish I knew which one, but I'll credit one of our followers. They they sent the Twelman rant uh, <laughs> to us this week of of right when the the Rooney signing was was about to be announced, and he was about to come over here, and and Twelman was going off on DC United spending no money and having no vision. And, and this just being a stopgap. And immediately out of the gate, it, it, it seemed like maybe maybe it wasn't. I completely but, understand. But sorry, I just need to cut in here. I completely understand and agree. But also, I think that you don't convince people like Wayne Rooney to come to your... Like, do you think that Chicago... I mean, Chicago... They got... Yeah, you're right. But I don't know. Like, I just don't see that we would have been able to convince a team a person like Wayne Rooney to come to this team if we didn't have things to show him of like this is where we're going and this is our we vision. showed Either. Wayne Rooney that he could walk around town and no one would recognize him yeah and that would that meant more to him than anything have you seen the practice fields yeah <laughs> and no it has nothing to do with that I think the tactics on the field right when you're saying like this is our vision and this is where we want the team to go whether or not we're getting there right now is like not the same thing but I think that we had to have been able to show him something Paul Ariola too for him to sign a new contract I mean he's a U.S. men's national team regular and he could go basically to any team in MLS he wants right now probably if not other leagues in the world um and we were also able mm. to convince him to stay so well, he's also coming off an injury that, you know, as recently as twenty years ago, could have ended your career. Yeah, but and it's twenty, it's current, and yeah. it's not going to yeah. end your career. And I think that nobody expects him to not come back, and potentially have a little bit of like a um, getting back into it period. But I think that he's going to come back, and we're all expecting him to tear it up again yeah. to the point where you know a lot of like the USMNT fan base is saying like, will he be ready for our games at the end of the year? Right. So I think mm-hmm. that. My point is that, like, we're convincing players to come here and we're convincing players to stay here, and they're not players who are bad, right? Julian Gressel, phenomenal on Atlanta. He could have stayed at Atlanta. I know there are a lot of contract things in Atlanta that were making him unhappy, but there were also other teams that were looking at him, and he chose to come to D.C. United. So I think there is something that we're presenting to the players. It's just not coming out into fruition. Look, these buildings and Buzzard Point are going to get it built. Ownership is just to be raking in money. We're gonna have. We're gonna be the the Man City of MLS. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. You're what you, what gonna come at, this is no at financial you, yeah. fair play for us. We're gonna buy every player we want. It's just not happening yet. That's what we're waiting on. Okay. Well, and, and you, know, <laughs> I don't even know if to do that. <laughs> we were just talking about you know looking at an option of having Pippa take over the team, you know, and be a, a coach. I do think that you had a little bit of that when Rudy came in. You know, he took the captain's armband after being here for something like two weeks and really showed that leadership on the field. Again, you shouldn't be counting on a generational talent to walk through the door and you know, take over your team. But I do think that he got a lot of leeway as far as the way he thought the team should play, the way that he should be used in that system. He could basically go wherever he went on the field as far as you know, being out there and, you know, stepping up and saying, this is the role I need to play today. And it worked for a time. And, you know, I don't think down the stretch of, the, of his last season here that his head was totally here. He was already basically one foot in, in Darby as it is. But, you know, when you... when you Thanks, look at, Colleen. 
Yeah, when you look at situations like that, again, you shouldn't be uh, hoping and depending on having a guy like that who can hold up your team. It's just not a sustainable move. Like, I would love for DC to be able to say, hey, we're going to get, you know, the next room, next room, and, you know, that's our model moving forward. At least that would mean we had a model. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the that's the frustration to me. I mean, Sam, you make a good point that I think we know that what we're going to do is Benny Ball, and, and, and all of us hate it, and it's not working, and, and it, it's got to change. And, and I think that's that's ultimately the problem. And I think outside of that, which you could argue is what Olsen's been kind of forced to do for a good portion of his career, and, and now we're seeing just as a kind of a natural reaction to adverse, adverse times on, on the field. But that can't be the model going forward, and it would be so awesome to see just from the top down, this is what this team's going to do. And, and it, it all comes together because, you know, Dave, Dave talked a lot when he was on the show, Dave Johnson, about, all of the positives that this team has going forward in the infrastructure side of the house that they didn't for 20 years. Um, but somebody has got to tie it all together. Right. And, and, and whether that's a new GM or a new head coach or new ownership or whatever it is, it could be, it could be the current ownership, right? Uh, that's not necessarily me saying they've got to go, but somebody's got to clearly lay out this vision and tie it all together. Or I, I think we're going to be having more conversations like this more often. Yeah, I just think DC United as a whole, I don't know who this really comes down to, but I think they're like placing bets that are just not cashing out, right? Like you, you place a bet on buying Wayne Rooney and you assume that he's going to bring in a large amount of ticket sales, then he unfortunately has to leave. You buy this new stadium, right? And you are planning to build all these new facilities and then a freaking pandemic, world pandemic hits and you can't sell out those tickets, right? Even, I don't know, I just think that th- th- a lot of things haven't gone right for DC United, like very recently and i'm not trying to make excuses i'm just saying that like that has to be taken into consideration well if you have a culture i don't know you're right they they they've swung and missed on a couple of things that that should have landed um but if you have a culture and i people keep bringing up oscar perea and you're they're, they're right and bruce arena's done the same thing for the revs and caleb porter's doing the same thing for the timbers now like you can have Columbus. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 sorry. Oh, uh, Bradley and LAC. Um, yeah. You you can have these people in the front office who can establish a culture where you don't need to hit every time. You just have, I don't know. It seems like other teams have this vision that John's talking about, and it's just not here right now for DC. I mean, yeah, I think one of the things that that grinds my gears more than anything is that the union have this vision. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude, they got a, They got a it's nice like a ish stadium that, yeah. that's like I don't know, fifty miles from civilization, and hardly any fans went for a long time, and yet somehow they've got this amazing academy, and they're they're pumping out prospects, and they're kicking our ass year over because year you, at this point. You invest in that kind of thing, and I think DC United has not done the investment that them or New Jersey have put into their academies, and I hope that this. MLS next is like the step that DC United needed to push because we do have like very valuable talent in the DMV. There are such good soccer players that come out of this area, even if they didn't grow up here. Like when you talk about UVA and Maryland, Mm -hmm. like the college kids that go there, there, there's such a wealth of talent in this area um, that hopefully we're able to capitalize soon. Obviously college, you go into the draft, you know, like there, there are a lot of steps to that. I just think that there's a lot of potential. Next shot in the 2020 season is Chicago this weekend. That game is coming up on uh, Sunday night, 7 p.m. 
kickoff, 7.30 kickoff. One of, I think one of the two. I think it's 7.30 kickoff. You missed segment. Seven. I almost missed the man in the match segment. Thanks for the <laughs> reminder, Sam. It, um, it is a 7.30 kickoff. 7.30 kickoff. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so man of the match for tonight. Who do we got, friends? I'd give it to Griff. He's like the one when I was referencing earlier, having a lot of spark. He, he really went at it. He, I mean, flew into the sideboards at one point. Um, I really thought and was like cheering for him to get a yellow card, if not worse. Like he brought a lot, a lot of fire onto the field tonight. I was surprised to see him subbed out. And I think he, he did a lot with what he was given in this game. I guess I have to, uh, <laughs> So I appreciate that Kamara scored his goal. I, you know, on the penalty, he stepped up and took advantage of the opportunity. And that's something we've said all along that you know, he hasn't been getting the opportunities to make those things happen. So when you give him a penalty and he buries it, you know, props to him. I do think Gressel did his share of trying to animate the game uh, as well. You know, a couple of shots that, you know, perhaps unfortunate to have things blocked uh, saying give it to saying that a player on this team was the man of a match in our second straight game where we shipped four goals is not ideal so i guess as far as if i have to say a dc united player who you know got man of the match i'll give it to colin martin for his uh you know showing earlier this this week that's well done that's all i got <laughs> well done uh I was going to say uh, the guy who filled out the team sheet correctly <laughs> this time. It's my man of the match. Holy moly, you guys. Congratulations. Uh, but no, I'm just teasing. Uh, my man of the match, look, uh, for all the things Black just said, this is such a hard decision. Uh, I want to shout out Pines because I think he looked better than Schoberg, uh, who was an MLS veteran, and Pines is just getting started. I know we shipped four goals. We, the team was bad. Uh, Pines did his best after not playing for a while, and, and didn't, but I, I'm going to give it to Bill. I know four shots went by him, but he faced 31, and a lot of those were on target. Um, kind of just two. What's that? I said kind of just two. Yeah, the PKs, you I can't mean, really count. Either of the goals from So, yeah, take away the PKs. Uh, he made contact on one of the PKs. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I guess Bill. Yeah, I just have flashbacks to, like, there were a couple games this season when it was kind of hard to give out a man of the match for the other reason. It's really just maybe the first couple games of the season when they were positives or, or we didn't have we didn't know quite how poorly the season was going to go. So we were we were still a little optimistic. I, I'll agree with Sam. I think Griffin was my man of the match too. You know, it was interesting. Obviously tonight he started alongside uh, Gressel, but. I was frustrated with with Benny a couple weeks ago for for starting Yao over Gressel, and and I think I'm learning that my frustration is really just because of you know the the money we paid for Gressel and bringing him in is, is kind of a marquee signing. And at this point, Yao's playing better. There's no way around it. Um, yeah. You know, seeing seeing Gressel look awful again tonight, and and Yao with fight. I yeah, it's it's exciting to see, and I, and I think you know of all the talk about investing in the future and stuff I, I think i think these young kids do have a bright future in front of them between Yao paredes who we've talked a lot about and, and of course uh nyman the the youngest of the bunch um so we'll call it a wrap for this week's show um i'm gonna give a shout out to atp 
yes, we should do that as well. Man, I'm I'm lost without it without my team sheet too. So don't try to wrap it after that. All right, so we'll shout our friends at across the pond. Uh, Of course, they've got all the soccer, uh, all all the NFL football sound on for the for the Giants and Patriots, and uh, you can use the promo code podcast for five percent off your order. Solid. My other two things that are are that DC United put out information for the DMV uh, voters just on how, how to register, how to vote. Um, we retweeted it earlier this week. I would encourage you to look at that, be informed, make sure you register, make sure you have a plan to get out there and vote, whether it be via mail or early or on voting day. Um, I know the vice presidential election is tonight. Um, so I just debate, debate, debate. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the VP debate is on. Um, obviously, if you're sticking with us, we really appreciate it. But I would just encourage you to uh, get informed on what happened in that today. The other thing I wanted to shout out is that Black Lives Still Matter and the Black Players for um, for a Change, sorry. Um, the Black Players for a Change uh, have unveiled their first uh, mini field in New Jersey. They did that with the U.S. Soccer Federation, um, which is just really great. Um, I just kind of saw pictures um, and videos of the field. I'm not sure how open it is given COVID, uh, but congrats to them on being able to turn that around so quickly. I think they had 12 fields that they were opening up if I'm not mistaken in the hometowns of um the again I want to say 12 um kind of founding board members of Black Players for Change which is really great and just again during a global pandemic it's great that they were able to turn around that around so quickly I'm looking forward to getting our one in DC for Bill Hamid um and just wanted to shout them out too Black Lives Still Matter yeah thanks Sam and uh you know thanks to all of our listeners tonight for for hanging with us, we appreciate uh, you know spending the spending the time with us. Um, obviously, we had a good number of folks on 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 YouTube and and on the the live stream, and and it, it means so much more um, after these tough games. You know, this is it, it, it's not easy to to do a show after after the state that this team is in. But we we appreciate the interactions, we appreciate the support, and and I firmly believe that there are brighter days ahead where we'll be doing this uh, with, with a lot more rosy picture of a game to talk about and, and a future ahead. So Hard to be worse. Really. <laughs> so. that, is, that is true. Um, Joshua, do you want to uh, remind the friends what they should do? Um, you should watch DC United games because they're really fun. <laughs> It says here, smash the like button uh, in no, your I sh- words. I struck through it. Uh, <laughs> look, I, just a last note I want to tell Colin Martin, we stand by you still. Yep. Uh, let's get that trash out of our sport, out of our country, out of our lives completely. Um, yeah. No yeah. For Shout, that. Shouts to um, San Jose Loyal. I've never been a big Landon Donovan fan. Donovan fan. You all know Sorry. Goodness. <laughs> I don't know where my head is right now. <laughs> San Diego, shouts to them. I've never been a great Landon Donovan fan, um, but he has stood up for his players in a way that is so admirable. Um, and the fact that they've been walking away from points that have essentially, I believe they're out of the playoffs right now because they have walked away from those points. Um, I saw that on Twitter. I don't know if that's accurate. Just doing it regardless is so um, commendable. And I hope to see that more people are standing up in that way um, to the point where this isn't even a conversation we're having to have anymore because it's frankly ridiculous. Sam Kastner and Jurgen Klinsmann, both not Landon Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> His other team is Mexico. Oh, that's God. a show for tonight. I'll end us on that note. That's that's two shows in a row we brought up Klinsmann. Things are going downhill. <laughs> Thanks again for John joining us. us a laugh. I, I, I guess I do. Uh, what song do we go out to? Let's go out to uh, Run to Win because this team go. really needs to do something like that. <laughs>